0: So, um, one of the goals that we set out at the beginning of the year. So this year is all about the Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, It's all about how the Spirit enters into us when we are baptized and emboldens us. And we've talked about being emboldened for the mission. Talked about being emboldened as a family in our relationships. And what I want us to kind of finish the year off in the next two midweeks is talking about being emboldened for. Ministry. Uh, any more uh, handouts? Any more extra? Nope, we're out. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a couple could. You guys need one? Jake? Is there another couple that... Jeremy's making some more? Okay. Man, just underestimating. Sorry. Um <clears throat> So 2018 goals of emboldened ministry in every disciple being empowered to minister according to their call and their giftedness. So one of the things that we deeply believe that the Bible teaches about the New Testament church is that there should not be a clergy, laity, ministry system. Does that make sense? So where there's not a like uh, just a few people who are either paid staff or the minister or whatever are doing the bulk of the work of the ministry, but that everyone is a minister. Everyone is in the ministry full-time. Everyone is equipped by God and gifted by God and called by God to not just come to church and take. Right? But to be able to come to church and give, to serve, uh, to help build up the body. And did you guys have you ever heard that 80 percent, 20 percent, kind of rule of thumb in, in the corporate world? Well, what's, what does that mean? Who knows what that means? Jake. Twenty percent of the company does 80 percent of the work. Any kind of human organization, that can be a tendency. Um, but in the church, and it's absolutely that way in the church, unless we very intentionally build and think about how all of us can participate in the work of the ministry. By the way, what is the word, when I say ministry, what do I mean? What do you guys, what do you guys think about that? What, what does that word mean? Or what does it mean in the church context? Family? Okay. Serving? Serving? Bible studies, okay, so, so what would be, so maybe, yeah, you guys are all right on, what would be some of the work of the ministry that we do as a church, what, do you, what are some of the things that would mean, Jake, okay, so, so the word of God and administering, so ministry just comes from administer, so we administer the word of God to whom, to the lost, to who else? the saved, (laughs) right, to each other. Everyone, who doesn't need the Word of God? So we all need the Word, okay? So our job as a church is to administer that to uh, ourselves, to our families, to our church family, to our neighborhoods. Have you guys ever heard of the principle of the priesthood of all believers? What that means is... Back in the Old Testament, who, who were the priests, right? You had the Levites, who were the priests. And they stood between. God Priest means go between. Okay, so the priest stands between God and the people, and people and God. Okay? And in what Jesus says is that the whole church, all the believers, are a holy priesthood. So we are the go-between. We stand between the lost world, and God, and we stand between each other and God, and we uh, take from the people and give it to God, we take from God and give it to the people. Does that make sense? Uh, and so all the believers, not just a few, uh, participate in that priesthood. So that's one of the parts of the ministry. What else, what else do we do in as a, as a church? What other work of the ministry is there? All right, there's kids' kingdom, and what is that? Ministry. What are we doing there in Kids Kingdom? Why do we have Kids Kingdom? Just they're irritating the service, so we send them downstairs, and we might as well do something with them. So, is that why we do that? Yes. Yes. Okay. From a non-parent. Okay. Why do we have Kids Kingdom? We teach and train the Word of God into our children. Okay, as we're instructed to do. All right. Sowing seeds of faith. And those, that, those are some of the most formidable times that faith is actually built, is when we're children. Yep. Okay? Uh, what else do we do? Alec? Can serve community. Okay. We do, I thought we just existed for ourselves. No way, right? We exist. Part of one of the reasons to go serve the community. So how so? How do we serve the community? You don't know? We volunteer, we make meals, we take care of the poor, we try to do whatever we can to serve the the community. How about Hope Worldwide? You think that's a ministry? So the money you gave tonight isn't in in response to a disaster, because a lot of times people are like, oh, disaster, I give. And we should do that. We gave tonight, we prepare Hope to be able to respond the best way we can to disasters. Does that make sense? So that's a ministry. that the church offers to the world, okay? How about the ministry of prayer that we pray for our community, we pray for one another, okay? So there's all kinds of things that um, the church does. Now, the point here is that all of us can participate in this ministry through the Holy Spirit emboldening us. But what's really important, our goal Next couple of months is for us to be to be clear on our understanding, our understanding of our ministry. What is our role in the ministry? What is our calling? What is our giftedness? To really understand that, who's tried to do a job that they really don't know what the job is? Isn't that kind of frustrating? There, yeah, okay, yeah. How do we? Where's the instruction manual? They didn't come with one. Okay. Um but so we got to really try to understand what is our role, What is our job uh, in the ministry? So knowing and embracing your role. So once you know your role, then to be equipped in this role, to be equipped uh, to be trained, to be resourced and empowered. Okay? So for example, uh, Caleb and Cassie, they're on the teaching committee, okay? And we've had to have numerous talks about, What does it mean to have this passion for teaching, this calling to help the teaching of the church uh, be developed, a teaching ministry? What does that mean? What is is the training that they need in order to be able to respond to that call? What resources do they need, okay? And how can they be empowered for that role? You know, Dave is in administration, how to, You know, getting the training for that. You know, Terry and Ned uh, started a, a, the SNAPS group, the special needs and parenting. What is that role? What, how can we equip them? How can we serve them uh, to execute that? And then lastly, execution. Execution. You can understand what your role is and you can be equipped in your role, but if you don't do your role, then what good is it? Right? Okay, so we have to execute our ministry confidently, and reliably entrust to reliable men and women who are also uh, qualified to teach others, okay? So this is our, this is our goal. So tonight we're going to get some Bible teaching about this principle, and we're going to look at a video about the body and the, and the ear and how hearing actually works. And it's an incredible illustration of how every part in the body has to do its part in order for... The body to function as it should so we're going to talk about that and then uh, we're going to have kind of a a little bit of a survey of trying to exploring like man what my what is my role we're going to just break down in groups and discuss that a little bit and then you're going to get some homework and then next month December we're going to talk about um, equipping and executing those uh, roles in the ministry amen okay so, let's look here in Acts chapter 6. We're going to first see an example of this principle at work uh, in the book of Acts, and then we're going to look at three sections of Scripture where Paul teaches this. And then we're going to talk about the biblical principles of this, uh, of ministry, emboldened for ministry, and we're going to go from there. Okay, Acts chapter 6, verse 1. It says, now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. Okay, so you have the apostles, and they have uh, the leadership in the congregation, okay? And the church is growing like crazy. And there starts to there starts to be persecution, okay? And some of these widows may come from their husbands, um, you know, being persecuted or whatnot. And so the church wants to take care of the widows. The church's ministry is to take care of the elderly, the widows, the poor, the orphans. That's one of the ministries of the church. Amen? Okay? And so, so far, they're trying, but it's falling through the cracks it's not very effective. So what does the, what does the group do? So, verse 2, the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, "It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables." Now, the NIV says it's not right for us to do this and neglect the ministry of the word and prayer. Okay? Actually, it gets to that in a minute. Let me just keep reading. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit And of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Okay, so the apostles had a specific assignment from Jesus. Hey, you guys need to focus on prayer and ministry of the word. This is your role. It's like, well, wait a second. What about the needs of the widows? They need food. It's like, if we start to do that, then we are going to neglect our primary calling. Does that make sense? He says, we can't do that, but we need the widows fed, so what's the solution? We have to employ more of the church to meet this need, okay? So uh, it says, uh, verse 5, the statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. Do you see how much the Holy Spirit is involved in the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry? This isn't just Joel or Nicole asking you to do something in the church this has to start with the Holy Spirit inside of you. Amen? Yes. Every one of us has the Holy Spirit, and one of his jobs is to transform us into the image of Jesus. Another one of his jobs is to equip us for the work that we're designed for, the work, our part in the ministry. Um, it says, the statement found, blah, 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 Congregation full of faith, the Holy Spirit, and Philip uh, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas Proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying they laid their hands on them. The word of God kept on spreading. The number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of priests were be- becoming obedient to the faith. Okay, So here we see in the book of Acts that the, this kind of big initial time where the work of the ministry went not just in the apostles' world, to many more people doing the work. And this continued to happen and continued to happen and continued to happen. Does that make sense? Okay, let's look over in Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at three spots where Paul now then teaches this principle to the churches. This is found primarily in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. But basically you see him setting up this ministry system so to speak this infrastructure to so the church can complete their assignments in the works of the ministry chapter 12 verse 3 says for through the grace given me given to me I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith for just as we have many members in one body now all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts. In his exhortation, he who gives with liberty, liberality, uh, with liberty and justice for all. With liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay? So he's basically saying, hey, whatever gift you have, give it to, to God and to God's family and to the world around you with gusto. Okay? <laughs> give it empowered by buy. Uh, the Holy Spirit. Let's look over in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 16. So, it says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another and love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he Also had descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For so he gave. These are examples of different gifts and callings to different people. For what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service or for the work of the ministry. So here's the deal. I, I, as an evangelist or teacher or pastor or whatever you want to call me, my job is to primarily equip you to do your job. Now, traditionally, we think of the pastor or whatever, that his job is just to do the work of the ministry. But that's not, that's not what the Bible teaches. My job is to equip you to do your job. Amen? Does that make sense? So I remember going to, to Minneapolis, and we had a class on the book of Romans, and we got to Romans chapter 12, and we talked about what's your life ministry, what's your life work. What do we, how did we phrase it? What life work ministry is life God designs you for? <laughs> job. Job. Um, and it struck a chord with Dave, and he prayed, and he thought, and he took it more seriously than I thought anyone ever would. <laughs> and he, he went through all these, we're going to talk about at the end, but all of his, these experiences and his education and his own personal heartache and lessons learned all added up to, you know what? We are going to start a crown financial ministry because I want to be able to share with people and help people how to do their finances according to the Word of God. And uh, started that throughout Minneapolis and went all through, and all through the uh, Eau Claire Church, and it's been brought such a blessing to so many because he said, you know what? I'm not going to just keep this gift to myself. This is a ministry. I'm going to use it to build up the body of Christ. Amen? Um, so that's my job Doing my job to get him to do his job, and we all do our job. It's a beautiful thing. The body builds and grows; it's and grows builds itself up in love. So obviously, where are you where are we headed here? I want you to be thinking about what's my job, okay? What's my work uh, in the ministry? Okay, it says until we all until when until we're just tired. Um until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. Every joint supplies a crucial part to making this body function. According to the proper working of each individual part. Causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And there's one more section, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 26. You can go read that on your own. But every part in the body. Who knows how many parts your individual... Ellen, if you could queue up this uh, video. How many parts are in your human body? A lot. A lot. That's deep. <laughs> There's h- literally hundreds and thousands. Add up all the bones. Okay, Tina, you're going to make you earn your pay here. How many bones in the human body? <laughs> Tina's like, I'm tired. Surgery. All. <laughs> How old do you like? Okay, someone old like, uh, like, like Wale. <laughs> about how many? 206. Two, oh, two, about two hundred and six. Okay, <laughs> that's just the bones. Okay? okay, and we're gonna look at the smallest bone. Who knows what the smallest bone in the human body is? Stirrup. 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 The little thing in the ear. Stirrup. That's right, and that's the, that's actually the technical name of it. Uh, who knows <laughs> the? Yeah, it's the the thing in your ear, uh, stirrup or something. Stirrup. Huh? Stapes? Re- 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 we actually have an ear doctor in the house. Uh, Rebecca? Stapes? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, hey, who knows how hearing works? I never actually knew this. This is incredible. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind. So it's about a six-minute video. So, but we're going to look at how hearing works. And I want you to, I want you to be blown away by two things. One is... Your God. Amen? Amen? Let's just watch this and just be in awe of how God designed this. And if you think this happened by chance, you, you need... I don't know exactly how to handle you, okay? It's so amazing. Uh, secondly, I want you to notice how important the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest... Little teeny sections, um, and not just bones, but all kinds of everything going on in your ear. And by the way, I had a time when my eardrum was blown out, right? It was, like, gone. It went bye-bye. And my whole body was, like, in pain and writhing. The eardrum is this tiny little membrane, okay? One time I had my ACL tore. How long is the ACL? It's about literally about that long that long okay man it's tough when you got you know experts it's not very long okay and that thing ripped in half and it was like the body shut itself down okay so one of the principles about the body is every part is specifically designed for its role and its function and if every part isn't doing its work it affects the whole thing okay so just kind of being on, soak that in as we And think about how it applies to us as the family as we watch this uh, video.
1: sense of hearing is accomplished by a process known as auditory transduction. The ear converts sound waves in the air into electrical impulses, which can be interpreted by the brain. As sound enters the ear, it passes through the external auditory canal, where it meets the tympanic membrane. The tympanic membrane then vibrates in response to the sound. Sounds of a lower pitch, or frequency, produce a slower rate of vibration. And sounds of lower volume, or amplitude, produce a less dramatic vibration. Higher frequency sounds produce faster vibrations. The tympanic membrane is cone-shaped and articulates with a chain of three bones called the auditory ossicles. They consist of the malleus, the incus, And the stapes. The movements of the tympanic membrane vibrate the ossicles, passing on the information of frequency and amplitude. The three bones pivot together on an axis shown here in red. pivotal axis is due to a series of ligaments which hold the bones in place within the middle ear cavity. The anterior malleal ligament and the posterior incudal ligament are of particular importance for the pivotal axis. Two structures which normally obscure this view of the middle ear have been removed. They are the chordae tympani nerve and the tendon of the tensor tympani muscle. Through the ossicles, the vibrations of the tympanic membrane are transferred to the footplate of the stapes. The stapes moves with a piston-like action, which sends vibrations into a structure called the bony labyrinth. The labyrinth is filled with a fluid called perilymph. If it were a completely closed and inflexible system, the movement of the stapes would be unable to displace the paralymphe, and therefore unable to send vibrations into the bony structure. Due to the flexibility of a membrane called the round window, the stapes movement can displace the paralymphe, allowing vibrations to enter the labyrinth. The corridor leading to the round window is found within the spiral portion of the bony labyrinth known as the cochlea. Vibrations produced by the stapes are drawn into the spiral system and return to meet the round window. The portion of the spiral passage in which vibrations ascend to the apex of the cochlea is called the scala vestibuli. The descending portion of the passage is called the scala tympani. A third structure called the cochlear duct is situated between the scala vestibuli and the scala tympani. The cochlear duct is filled with a fluid called endolymph and when viewed in cross-section, the membranes separating the two fluid-filled systems are visible. They are Reissner's membrane and the basilar membrane. The membranes are flexible and move in response to the vibrations traveling up the Scala vestibuli. The movements of the membranes then send vibrations back down to the Scala Tympani. A specialized structure called the Organ of Corti is situated on the basilar membrane. As the basilar membrane vibrates, the Organ of Corti is stimulated which sends nerve impulses to the brain via the cochlear nerve. The actual nerve impulses are generated by specialized cells within the organ of Corti called hair cells. The hair cells are closely covered by a structure called the tectorial membrane. As the basilar membrane vibrates, the tiny clusters of hairs are bent against the tectorial membrane, triggering the hair cells to fire. The entire basilar membrane does not vibrate simultaneously. Instead, specific areas along the basilar membrane move variably in response to different frequencies of sound. Lower frequencies vibrate the basilar membrane closer to the apex of the cochlea, whereas higher frequencies produce vibrations closer to the base. This arrangement is known as tonotopic organization. Together, this sequence of events is responsible for our acoustic perception of the world around us.
0: Rebecca, what would you think? Fairly accurate? Did you know all that? (laughs) Uh, Observations, comments, thoughts? What song was that? (laughs) (laughs) Not the point.
1: Amen. David. Yeah. I always
0: love when you look at God's creation and examine it closely. It's completely not what you would expect. Right. Right. Brene? I think being
1: pregnant and knowing Mm -hmm. that this body is forming inside of my body Mm -hmm. and that's forming inside of or already formed inside of this body is exceptionally mind blowing. Amazing.
0: I think like there's so so much going on that we have no idea and how much that's a lot like the church like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that the average person that walks in has no idea yeah I mean who 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 of us thanked God for our hearing working well today who of us was like thank you I'm so okay ain't Monty did awesome Okay, um, I mean all this. And this is one little inner ear, and every system in your body is intricately woven together, designed. Um, I like. Uh, let's see. I think. Uh, yeah. So you know, there's like eleven different systems in your body. You have your nervous system, your cardio system, your your your, your skeletal system, muscle, all your. Le- you know, ligaments, mus- muscular, skeletal system, and all, you know, it just goes on and on. And every single system, in and of itself, is just completely profound. And then how it all works perfectly together. Like I showed this heart beating in Chicago in one of my lessons, in how the heart in the, the, the brings the blood in and, and, and sends it out and fills it with oxygen, and it comes in purple and it goes out Pink, and it's just it's just amazing it's ridiculous and your heart beats you know whatever 90 times a minute or 60 times a minute and 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 who have, who who of us thought that through the last minute oh oh did I get my heart oh yeah okay I got it beating
1: mm,
0: beat it oh I beat it okay good you didn't think about that right in your eyes and your ears and everything it's just amazing but every single part is in there by design, on purpose. And the, the one of the, the complexity is this is what God is doing in the church. Every part, you are a part, every part is important and needed and designed. Um, your trials, your hardships, your sufferings, that's shaping in you something on purpose. Um, the spiritual gifts you have, the education you have. Um, everything that you're learning, uh, everything you're studying in the Word of God, it all works together uh, for the church. Let me talk about some biblical principles, and then um, I'm going to talk about some how we're shaped for ministry, and then we're going to break up into like small groups and discuss that a little bit. Okay, um, biblical principles of the church body: uh, we are all individual parts, but one body. Okay, what does that mean? That um, the, the parts are not greater than the sum of its parts, okay? So uh, Western individualism says, I'm the most important thing in my life, and my needs come first, my priorities, my schedule, me, 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 right? Listen, as a part in the body, you are an important part. We're all equally important. We'll talk about that in a minute. You are a part, but the staples, or what did you call it? What's the smallest bone? Stapes. You take that out of the ear and set it right here, and it is useless right there, and your ear doesn't work. So everything's ruined. But you put that in its perfect spot by design. There's actually, I read in one other, I saw one other YouTube video today, (laughs) since I'm an expert now, uh, was when there's really large volume, you know what happens? Yet yeah, there's uh, that stapes is pulled away from the most sensitive spot naturally to protect your hearing. When something's really loud, it pulls it protects itself. Isn't that incredible? Okay. Um, so, anyways, we are all individual parts, but we are one body. The body, the body, and the purpose of the body is greater than the individual parts. And we don't like that as Western individuals. But it is true. It is true. Our community comes before my own person. It's like, well, I don't like that sermon series. You know what? If it's best for the community, then you need to set your own little personal preferences aside. Amen? Because you're not bigger than the team. Who's played on a team where there's one individual who thinks they're bigger than the team? Well, I'll show up when I want to show up. Well, why do not I get more playing time? Well, I'm better than him, I should start. It drives me nuts, honestly, when teenagers think they should start on a basketball team and it's like, you're not better than them. So sit on the bench and you'll be a sub. Well, my mommy said I was really good. Get me going. Anyway, um, number two, we have different roles. But every role is equally valued. We have different roles in the body, but every role is equal. There is no hierarchical hierarchy of value or importance in the church. That's called favoritism. That's wrong. That's condemned. Okay, um, I may be a little bit more of a vocal part of the body, but if I in, in let's say, well, I've, I don't show up on Sunday. Okay, well, where's Joel? Uh, well, who's doing the sermon? Well, I don't know. I was just sick today. Well, dude, you got to do your part. Get someone to sub for you. Then, well, I didn't think about it. Okay, right? But that's no more important than your than anyone else's part. Okay, that's why we come because we want to, but we also come because we're not that we need to. We're needed. We're needed. You are needed. Every part is needed or you wouldn't be here you wouldn't be here why would god arrange the parts of the body just to have some somewhere are sticking off the side just kind of a pain <laughs> right that's not how god rolls okay so you are important and so is everyone else and you're different and that's right and good okay as human beings we are all human beings but we are divinely designed and arranged your personality uh, your experiences, your strengths, and your weaknesses, your spiritual strengths, and your spiritual struggles. You know what? The body needs your struggles. It does. Wow! I don't know. I don't want to hide my struggles. You're hurting the body when you hide your struggles. The body needs your struggles and your strengths. Amen? Um, God divinely arranges them. This isn't just by chance or someone, you know, God's divine arrangement. Um, Okay, we are separate parts, but we are interdependent, okay? We belong, it says literally we are a part of one another. We belong to one another. I had a talk with uh, Jesse today, and we were talking about the singles ministry. It was such a good conversation, but then we just kind of reflected on you know, when was sitting there and how, you know, just when she first came to church and, and just there's this uh, historical interweaving of uh, Jesse and I have never been in the same D group. We're not, you know, we're just brothers and sister, right? But there is a, a oneness, a belonging. Does that make sense? Um, interdependent, not codependent. I can't live without you, I can't survive. Actually, you know what? The church will survive without you. It okay? doesn't want to, but it will, because uh, God will, res- will, will keep his church rolling, okay? Um, but not independent. I don't need you. You can't say, I don't need you. You can't say that. Well, I don't need you. First Corinthians 12, you can't say, I don't need you. Now, not codependent needs you, but interdependent needs you. Okay, we are uniquely functioning as an individual part, you know, Zach's part is different than my part. It's unique. It's different functioning. Uh, But we have the same concern. Okay? Same concern, mutual concern for the body. So you know what? Craig should not care more about the church than Andrew. Equal concern. Okay? We both have, now we have different parts, but we care. See, when we don't show up and we don't call and we don't take an interest in one another's lives, you're not caring. Would you expect that out of Chris Moose? How much does Chris Moose care about this church? Okay, should be equal, should be mutual concern. How much does, do you care about Chris Moose? Okay, mutual concern. That's the interconnectedness. That's why I, harp, that's why, you know, I get kind of irritating, I know, when I talk about uh, all of us as members of the body coming to everything. Making every effort, right, to come. It's I know it, it you know, it can get kind of grating. You know, here goes Joel. Yeah, yeah. But there's actually a reason for that, <laughs> and I believe it's from the scriptures and from God. Now we're not going to get legalistic with it, but let us not grow soft and watered down in our commitment to the body of Christ, because how we treat the body is how we treat Jesus. And as we get bigger, let me tell you what's going to happen as we get bigger as a church. It's going to be tempting to get softer and weaker and waterier in our depth of commitment. And I have seen churches get a little bit bigger than ours, and that happens, and they go down the tubes, because no longer is the standard held high of total, wholehearted commitment to Jesus and to His body. And so I have no intention, and I know you don't either, right, of lowering or watering down what a disciple really is. Amen? Okay. Um, okay, got that. Could you throw up that real quick? I want to show, I want to remind you, this is just um, kind of our, our Chippewa Valley Church systems. And I we put this up regularly because I want you to be aware that there's a ton that goes on in this 80-member church. There is so much that goes on behind the scenes. Um, in our different systems, we have all the whole Bible talk system. Everyone's in a Bible talk. We have, we have different you know, kids' kingdom ministry and Pure Desire preaching and teaching ministry. It's not just one person. We have a whole teaching committee, uh, and they work very hard. They meet regularly to plan things like Saturday. To plan things like our classes. The quality of the Bible instruction in this church. What is it like? They're keeping an eye on that. Our whole kids' kingdom. What are we teaching to our kids? Is it up to date? Is it current? Is it modern? Is it relevant? Um, They're working hard on that. So when you send your kid to kids' kingdom, you don't just send them off to babysitting, right? There's a lot of work behind that. Uh, Administration. All the things we do with the money. Uh, There's... Two counters for every every penny. There's taking it to the bank. There's system. There's a whole board that oversees that. There's budgeting. There's five-year budgets and beyond. There's all kinds of administration, um, building, uh, the things that you see. We're forming an exploratory building committee. Why? Because I don't know if you've noticed. We're getting full. And we got to get ahead of it before we get behind it. So we're, gonna, we're starting to think about what's the next step. I don't know. Can we build more of a balcony? Can we pop out that thing? Do we need to buy another church? Do we need to build somewhere? I don't know. The Lord knows, okay? But it's exciting. But do you think that's just going to happen? It's going to take years of work, years, hours, man-hours of work uh, to make that happen. The worship. The um, worship having fun, recreation, camp. So it just goes on and on and on. My question is, what's your part? What's your part? Um, all of us need to, be, to have a part. Um, Amen? I want to say one thing about, I've talked about the high level of commitment that the body needs to one another. I want to talk about another thing, two, two quick things. One is that as a church, we need to do better on, Okay? As a church, we do a lot of things amazingly awesome. But we can always grow. Yeah. One thing we need to do better on is uh, our, our level of communication. Okay? So Nicole works very hard to send out co- lots of communication. Who's going to do what on Sunday? Who's doing what, where, this? There's just so much communication that has to go on, right? Wasn't that, that communication that went on from the ear to the brain in the eardrum? Ta- take away... Th- Let's say all the parts stop talking to each other. Or one part won't get back to the other parts. How do the other parts feel about that? It's irritating, because they won't get back to me. So I don't know, and it really isolates and shuts off the functioning of that part. Does that make sense? Too often I hear about people not returning emails, not returning calls, not returning texts, and we got some servants who have to like call you and text you 18 million times before you get a return call. Now I'm being a little bit exaggerating, maybe 17 million. Okay, so I'm exaggerating, right? But that's not right. It's just not right. We need to have a high level of communication. Now I'm not saying you drop everything and return someone's text, but I'm saying, in general, let's try to return emails. Um, Let's try to be timely. I, for Personally, I have a 24-hour rule. And I'm not perfect at it, but I aim at it. I try to get back to someone within 24 hours. And if I don't, I try to apologize. Isaiah, sorry it took me an extra day to get back to you, okay? <laughs> uh, it's on my conscience. okay? So uh, um, does that make sense? Does that make sense, guys? I think, do you think we can do a little better? I think we can do a little better. Um, if, if there's a preferred way that you prefer to be communicated with, let us know. Um, if we're not doing it, please let us know, okay? We just, but if it's just that you just blow it off, that's hurting the body, okay? Um, the other thing I want to say is this. All of us have to be involved. We all have to serve. And as much as we want to serve in our gift area of giftedness, We're also going to have to serve in areas that are not our giftedness. Well, I don't feel called to serve in kids' kingdom. You may still need to serve. (laughs) Does that make sense? Um, There's just, we can't just be so honed in on, well, that's not my gift. Does that mean, I, I want us primarily to serve in our areas of giftedness, and we do need to be able to say no. Saying no is not wrong. I have proper boundaries. I have healthy boundaries. I need to say no. You're not going to be judged or condemned for that. Amen? we got to have a healthy place where we can say no. That's beyond my capacity. But I do want us to examine, like, could I push myself a little bit more and meet a need? And I, I'd like us to be eager in um, f- filter things through eagerness to help out and serve, versus typically saying a quick "nope, can't, sorry, busy. Does that make sense? Is, is my communicating okay? Um, not being harsh um, or legalistic? or "I'm not trying to manipulate with guilt. I'm not guilt tripping anyone? I'm saying overall, I think if this is going to function the way we, we need to function to continue to be healthy and mature, um, we've got to have a high level of commitment, we've got to have a high level of communication, we've got to just have a high level of sacrifice when it comes to serving. Amen. 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 Okay, so let's let, let's finish up with um, uh, the, your handout, okay, understanding your shape for ministry. This is what I want you to think about and examine and pray about, and then we're going to come back next month with what you're, and then what I'm going to do actually is email, is anybody not on the church email list that needs to be, okay, Um, we send out church emails quite a bit, Andrew, okay, so if you're not, if you don't get uh, members at Church, okay, then talk to Corey or Nicole, Okay, and we'll get you on that because we do a fair amount of community. Like, for example, I'm going to email you a Shape for Ministry survey. It's about 15 pages. I didn't want to print off 15 pages and hand it out because that would cause issues. Okay? But I'm gonna, I want to email it out, and I want you to th- do some work on that. Think about it. It's really kind of fun and uh, um, figure out your shape for ministry. Okay, But uh, the S stands for spiritual gifts. All of us are gifted with a spirit with spiritual gifts as well as natural gifts, character gifts um you're gifted you are in the gifted and talented uh program. maybe you've never thought of yourself that way. you are gifted okay um, all right, do they even have that anymore okay I didn't know if that was becoming unpopular because made people feel bad anyways um <laughs> you're you have gifts, okay, heart, what is your heart? What are your desires? What do you think about uh, what do you what are your natural inclinations toward? What is your heart? Uh, maybe it's for the Bible, maybe it's for the poor, maybe it's for administration, maybe it's for uh recreation you know what do, what do you think Eli likes to do? Did you guys get that email today? Dude has coordinated uh Football leagues, now he's starting to court a ba- basketball league, that's his heart, that's his passion, okay, he wants to use that to just build up the body, okay, uh, ability, you have abilities, natural, which is something that you're naturally good at, you know, when I, if, you, if you were to put me in charge of the garden over here, I, it's, it's a shudder, you know, David Hahn is incredible at that. And I saw I was like, this is incredible. There's, a, there's an ability. There's a passion that's built in him from God. I look at some of Rachel's pictures. And I think, amazing. And I, you know, the kids, all, I try to do a selfie. The kids like crack up because I can't even get the thing in the right spot. Right? Okay, so we all have abilities. Um, what are your abilities? How can you use those to serve up? build up the the personality. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are cheerleader, loud types. Some of us are really quiet. Some of us are intellectuals. I want an intellectual deep uh, message to tickle my brain and challenge my thinking. Some of us are feelers. Well, I want to cry, make me cry, and I'll I'll feel like I really worship God, okay? Um, What's your personality, and what's your experiences? Uh, we 'll finish with this what are your educational experiences okay um, wh- what are you educated in what 's your field of expertise um, vocational experiences um, spiritual experiences ministry experiences what have you but by, by the way the best way to find out your gift where you 're gifted in and what you 're calling is just start doing something and you'll it'll 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 find you. You'll figure it out. But don't wait back and just say, well, I'll do something if someone, if someone asks me to do something. That's not how this works. You start doing something and plug yourself in, right? And then it'll, it'll find you, okay? And the most powerful experiences are the painful experiences in your life. One of the reasons I want to talk about marriage all the time is because I had some uh, family marriage My family of origin had a history of marriage struggles. So I wanted to talk about marriage and married nights out and parenting and and that sort of thing. Um, So painful experiences. The best ministry comes from our deepest wounds. Okay? So what are those for you? All right? Put those things together, and you're going to kind of start to find a shape for ministry. Okay? Amen, guys?